It's Enrico Palazzo! Yeah. How about that? of the Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo Baseball Podcast. It's episode 24, and for the first time, we officially have a baseball season to focus on. Join your hosts, Christopher Deary and Michael Gobier, as they talk to their very special guests from the Tigers SRD Podcast, Roger Castillo and Chris Brown. Take it away, Just in time for more action. It's the Hey, it's the Rico Palazzo Baseball Podcast. It is episode 24. We are on the brink of actual baseball. So this is like an exciting moment. This is like a seminal moment for the podcast in its young infancy. My partner, Chris Deary, is here with me as always. How are you doing, Mr. Deary? I feel like I was born again today after the big announcement that came in yesterday. So uh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Yes. Well, we're even, <laughs> we are even more excited because we have two excellent guests on today. We have got Chris Brown and Roger Castillo from the Tigers SRD podcast, part of the uh, big network of many different podcasts on the SRD Sports Radio Detroit. Roger, how you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having us. And it's a hard, hard up to follow up uh, Sarah and Andy from couple but a couple of cubby blue because they do such a good job over there but uh glad to be on this is this is awesome i like uh talking some fancy baseball getting back into something that i'm really rusty with so this, i'm looking been looking forward to it all right and then we got his partner chris brown chris how the hell are you doing great man thanks for having me on here i uh i gotta say naked gun is probably one of my favorite movies of all time yes it might be you could argue that's the best baseball movie ever you could yeah. argue that I've been arguing that for the uh, last decade or so. Anytime anybody brings that up, and me and Deary constantly have to repeat ourselves on this pod because when people come on or they ask about the name, we tell them it's a baseball movie. It's one of the best baseball sequences in the film history. Yeah, it really you can't is. beat it. It's got everything you could ever want. The bloopers, the tiger knocking the guy. Yeah. <laughs> and did you guys know that uh, nice the, ca- was the, the catcher in that movie was Robert Fick's brother? No way. Really? Yeah, oh. Robert Fick's brother, or I think it was, I forgot what former Tiger, there was a former Tiger who's, the, the catcher was a brother, I'm pretty sure it was Robert Fick, I think I remember reading that somewhere, or hearing that back in the late 90s, early millennium, that his brother was the catcher during that whole sequence of Naked Gun. Dave Spiewak. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to double check that, but I, I, wow. I, I think I, I have to... It might be more of like an urban legend kind of thing, but I'm pretty sure that's what I heard. So I'm I'm a, I'm a double. I know we have a really good Chris and I do research pretty well, but yeah, no, um, you're right. Giant Scout played central role in famous Naked Gun movie. Hmm, you nailed it, Roger. Absolutely, it's see that's fantastic. Robert Fick. Chuck Fick. 
Chuck Fick. Fick. There he is. Chuck and Rob Fick, buddies for life, brothers forever. And I Chuck. still can see it now. I can see the Grand Slam home run. I was right over the, by the right field foul pole, the last game at Tiger Stadium in 1999. Robert Fick hit that Grand Slam, and that was one of the most exciting moments I've ever been in person for a baseball game. So. Oh, that's, that's pure baseball magic, man. That's one of those things where you do feel like kind of romantic about the game. Like, how does this happen? Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's like divine. It really is. It's one of those special moments. I'm sure it was a meatball that was served up, but whatever. Yeah. We enjoyed the moment and I'll never forget it. I'm glad I went. So we are the, hey, it's a Rico Palazzo baseball podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Palazzo podcast, two L's, two Z's. Email the show, Palazzo podcast at protonmail.com. And as always, you can find us anywhere else or, or if you want to ignore us, you can ignore us as well, but we prefer that you don't. We like to engage. We like to bring on new guests like Roger and Chris. That's what me and Deary are trying to do here. And lastly, I'd like to throw in a little plug for rotofanatic.com. It's a new website that I'm a part of now with Matt Williams from the turn two podcast. And we got uh, Jeff Zimmerman is uh, one of our writers. We got some pretty cool dudes on there. We got a host of young talented people who are still getting their feet wet and veterans. So very excited. If you are, now focusing on fantasy baseball that we you know the fact that we have a season in force please go to rotafanatic.com and uh, give it a shot so so gentlemen i want to get into the uh, opening phase here of uh you know how you doing we have a quarantine that's still going on supposedly we have a covid-19 crisis in this country uh chris let's start with you mr brown i'm actually i'm going to go with brown and deary cuz i don't want to have like the chris confusion here we got sounds like a good law firm brown and deary yeah, Darian Brown. I like it. Well, it's the Darian Brown. So, Mr. Brown, how you been? How you holding up these last three months? Uh, how has it been without no baseball? Just fill us in. Tell us your story. Uh, it's not been too bad. You know, I, I'm fortunate that I'm able to work from home with my regular job. And my wife uh, works for the city here in Brighton. So her job is secure. We're not really concerned about it. Uh, she's actually working back in the office. So, yeah, I've been holding up pretty well. I'm not a terribly gregarious person anyway. I'm not one who like needs to go out to the clubs or whatever. Um, <laughs> the, the one thing that's been getting me a little bit lately is I feel bad. I'm working during the day, and I feel bad that, like, or, ordinarily, if I'm driving to work, I don't care. Like, oh, I didn't mow the lawn, whatever. But I'm sitting here all day working, and my wife comes home, and, like, the dishes are dirty, and the lawn has been mowed, and I feel bad. So I'm now basically doing all that during the day and then working until, like, midnight. So I'm like, wow. I'm working much harder than I used to. So that's the biggest bummer for me. <laughs> but other than that, like we're healthy, we're 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 good. I'm I'm uh, happy and appreciative for what uh, what I've been able to uh, the normalcy I've been able to to have. Fantastic. What about you, Mr. Castillo? How you holding up? Uh, I mean, it's been. I mean, honestly, it's been a couple. It's been rough a little bit. Uh, personal reasons aside that you guys um been fully aware of. But yeah. uh, other than that. It's been it just has been as just as busy, honestly, for me. Um, I've been keeping just working with my day job allows me to work from home, so I'm really grateful for that. Uh, even though the building I'm at, owned by a hospital, I still don't feel safety safe going into. So I was like, nah, no thanks. I'm not, I'm not gonna do that all about. Um, but uh, yo, know, I've I bought a bike, I got a drum set, I've been practicing drums for the last uh, four or five days now for an hour or so, trying to get the whole rhythm of beat thing down because that is extremely hard ladies and gentlemen that is tough but i, I enjoy the challenge because it puts something else mentally out there for me where you feel like you can open up yourself a little bit more yeah my yeah. beard i have a beard for the first time in my life so that's pretty cool it's a great beard uh, 
Thank you. And uh, my hair looks like something. I look like a, a member of the time because it looked like if I was playing bass for the time, my hair is just like doing this weird side curl thing. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, if I'm going to stand there holding this mirror, I, I would do that too. That's fine. But uh, other than that, I, it, it's, been, it's been good. Um, I've been enjoying – we've been able to do podcasts every week without baseball because Chris and I can go dig – you guys are talking about Naked Gun. We've been talking about movies. We've talked about – but going in, I'm trying to think of a, a good example of a good movie we recently watched, but uh, oh, um, uh, Juice Ball or, or Screwball, whatever that uh, documentary yeah. we watched. Um, there's so much good stuff going on, so keeping ourselves busy as possible. But in the short answer, everything's kosher over here. That's beautiful. Thank you. Uh, yeah, you know, I I understand that without baseball, it's tough and. Making content every week can be a challenge, but we've done a great job with that. It also, you know, you are, Roger, you're like, you're like my twin in a sense. You have so many familiar tastes. It blows my mind every time you post something that I'm like, oh my God, I was so into that. Like when it comes to like video games, old school retro games, I mean, I've been, I saw you put, uh, playing Bulls Blazers uh, last yeah. week, right? Yeah, Bulls versus <laughs> Blazers. Yeah, and uh, it's funny too because Chris and I, before even like, as we started to get to know each other, when we met four or five years ago, it was the same thing. It was like he had he likes a lot of obscure out there rap, but he also liked a lot of the same pop culture references. We we were watching Mindhunter, the the show on Netflix. Mm. Same thing. We were kind of going back and forth about that. And it is cool when you meet somebody, especially yourself, Mike. Like band wise, it's not the kind of music we like is very sometimes can be viewed as quote unquote hipster. But you know, hey, or, I don't know if we're allowed to swear or not, but um. Fucking A, you can't. No, well, well, fuck it. I mean, you know, I don't care if I'm fucking hipster or not. It's it's cool. I, and, and it's cool to have, to build a thread like that with, like, MCB John and some of the other guys out there. So, yeah, it, that that part right there, knowing full well that if I made an obscure 90s reference, you, Chris, and maybe the other Chris would get it, too. So, that that's cool. Because I, after a while, you just, on Twitter, because Twitter is such a fucking buzzkill sometimes. <laughs> and to have the ability to go out there and just be cool and, and people, like... Uh, to have that kind of commonality among people, that's really awesome. That is fantastic. Yeah, I could talk forever about uh, the music selections. You know, you post some great stuff, uh, stuff I did, wasn't aware of, stuff that I can reminisce about. You posted the Streets of Rage. Speaking of Genesis games, <laughs> and they have the whole Streets of Rage soundtrack on Spotify. It blew my mind. I, I, I made a whole movie. I told you about this when I was like 12 years old. That Streets of Rage was like the the credits music in the background is so cheesy, but it was fun. It's so, it's so awesome. And it, like such a, I can appreciate now that like when you're younger, you don't think about like, Oh man, I want cool graphics and all that stuff. And, and like you get older, you realize the simplicity of playing a game versus now where you load the show or you load a game, it takes forever or you got to play online or you got to, was it the payola thing that uh chris writes about video games so chris yeah. is fully aware of this there's all these games now where you have to pay to even level up it's ridiculous downloadable so, content yeah it's yeah downloadable good. stuff and i i don't like it so but the, when, you know pick up a game and then beating on the half hour or, or spending all night playing halo and stuff like that i miss that stuff i don't care how old i sound fine i don't care <laughs> you know what one thing that's cool is there are a lot of people who feel the same way and they there's a lot of indie kind of video games that are inspired by and a lot like old games like streets of rage there's a game called beat down city <laughs> nice. that, uh, beat it's, down it's pretty city. cool beat down city and they've got a cool roger mentioned my obscure rap uh there's a there's a cool rap theme song they have that's pretty badass <laughs> yeah i mean me and deary 
we both have always we have the same birthday, the literal same birthday, the same year, August twenty second, nineteen eighty, and we've always connected on great music. You know, me and Jerry are Jerry's like the biggest Pearl Jam fan there ever was. In case you've never listened to the show, um, <laughs> he's re re reignited my passion for Pearl Jam, and I I kind of checked out. But Jerry's so hardcore. We've been to like how many shows we've been, Jerry? Three shows over the last ten years. Two or three Pearl yeah, Jam. Yeah, something like that. Went to Wrigley. Went to Pittsburgh. Went to Cleveland. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, we we touch on you know we all grew up in the same era, growing up uh, you know in the you know 80s and 90s, and I never thought video games was, were going to get any better than what uh when Sega Genesis came out, and uh, I remember Streets of Rage or like Road Rash. Uh, Road Rash, there we go. Nice. I was, like, I was like Bill Walsh college football. I'm like nothing's ever going to get better than this. Like there's with just the big no cards. Way. It came with like the big cards for each team. Oh yeah, but there's something to say about just popping a cartridge in, and 15 seconds later, you're you're already getting frustrated and throwing your controller across the room. So uh, <laughs> uh, I love having yeah, that I mean, commonality with other uh, pods out there. That's one thing that like like Roger was talking about. So I that's my job. I write about video games, and we had at our office. Um, you write about video games. That's your yeah. job. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I'm sorry. I just want to absorb that. Go ahead. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel pretty lucky. Um, we have an office. It's and they have there's there's a music department and all sorts of other stuff. The video game department's only three people, but we had an office manager who wanted to make like an arcade room and set up everything. And we're like, that's awesome. But the problem is, if you want to play a game now, you have to install it for 55 minutes or an hour <laughs> and then wait for three or four updates. And it's just not like you can. It'd be cool to have like the old like the PlayStation uh, Mini or whatever the Nintendo Mini. Those things are cool, but yeah, it's not. It's definitely not the same where you can just put a game in and play. That's true. There's no doubt about it. Video games have changed, but they're still fun. And the classics are always fun for me to dive back in. I mean, I'll, me and Deary always make this joke. I'll blow through like 50 Nintendo games in 20 minutes. I'll play it for five minutes, play it for five minutes, play, you know, just next game, next game, next game. Because I, some reason I just, I'm not as good at them as I used to be when I was younger, but you know, I well, when you got over 900 games for Nintendo, about 90% of those are going to be trash. So you're going to stick with <laughs> yeah. just the classics. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There's no doubt about it. Well, look, we can talk about video games all day, but when it seems it's official in this moment, the season is officially approved by the MLBPA. We are on for a season. Yeah, I just did. I just did a tweet. I was just doing a tweet. I just, my Twitter, my phone blew up a little bit for a second there. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm pumped. And you know what? To celebrate that, I'm going to play World Series Baseball, which is a terrible game for Sega Genesis later. Or I might oh play God, some baseball. That. That, game is, that game is awful. I mean, before we segue into the actual baseball talk, let's talk. It's just it, there's that, that game alone, my favorite Sega Genesis baseball game has to be probably Triple Play. Triple, ooh, that's a good one. Tony, La, Tony La Russa's baseball is really good, too, because it was the first game you could actually warm up your pitcher in the bullpen. Yeah. That was a good it, one. Very customizable. That's true. Yeah. That was a really good one. EA was a little bit ahead of its time with that uh, graphic, or not? There's nothing like that because Super Bases Loaded wasn't like that at all, or anything like that. But that game's really awesome. I love old video games. I could talk about it all day. But how about we get into leading off? So, gentlemen, the season is officially on. We just got the news while we're doing this podcast live on a Tuesday night at 8.48 Eastern Standard Time. What are our initial thoughts? I want to go around and just get, hey, how do you feel about an enforced season? How do you see the season breaking down for who's going to be in, who's going to be out? What are your initial thoughts now that the season is being enforced? And uh, We'll start with Roger. We'll just go around. 
Well, in terms of the season, I, I, I wrote about this earlier. I think that ML, the players have every right to be upset or kind of question what the owners are doing. You look, go back to the 80s, of the days of, the, of collusion from 85 to 87 where the owners did not want the player that, that purposely blew off free agents, most notably Kirk, Kirk Gibson, who had a chance to be free agent 85 and didn't get signed. And the back and forth and posture and everything was the owners time and time again kept slipping up PR-wise. And I'm, 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 I'm excited about the season, but also really just the safety protocols and all those things. Those are, that's more important than anything else. And what we're seeing here is kind of a dangerous precedent in the sense that if a player gets a virus, what's going to happen with the liability and everything. But, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for baseball. Part of me is very selfish that baseball's back because it helps content. Yay. Yeah. Thumbs up. But then the part of me also goes, well, shit, I'm a human, and these guys are paid machine athletes who are, you know, much more better shaped than me and probably could, maybe could beat off the virus. I don't know. But the point is they're still taking, the they're taking a risk. The coronavirus. Yeah, they're, they're taking a risk oh. with the coronavirus. So, Sorry, you, you said be, beat off the virus. I was, yeah, oh. that's instantly a joke. We're, we're oh, immature yeah. on this show, of course. Yes. <laughs> uh, I think Whatever works, you know. Whatever yeah, gets rid whatever. of it. I mean, whatever you guys beat that's this off, man, that's fine, you know. But uh, all jokes aside, it's it's a serious thing. That it's an issue that I hope that doesn't get overlooked. Yeah, sorry, Roger. I didn't mean to ruin your serious point. Oh there. no, no, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> uh, I, I will say, for my for my part, I am cautiously optimistic. I guess is the way to say it. It's nice to have people back. I'm really pissed off that we had to see all this ugliness and the back and forth between the owners and the players. We were going to see it eventually next year, and now we've got it this year and next year. So we're ready for that. Um, it would have been nice if baseball had come back like it was supposed to. You'd be the game that, that kind of gives us something to, to think about instead of all this sadness. And that was, you know, before all the, the social unrest, too. And so, yeah, it feels like a little bit too late. But, again, I'm a baseball junkie, so I'm going to watch it no matter what. And I'm happy that it's come back if, if they can make it through spring training without something serious happening. Yeah, I mean, I've talked about on this pod about how frustrated I've been over, you know, the past couple of months. Roger pointed out on, you know, the, the owners doing some posturing and just, you know, the players union just could not come to any type of agreement. I talked about how Manfred's just looked like an idiot. And it came to exactly what we kind of thought it was going to be, is that it was going to be a mandated season. And, you know, I'm excited. Once baseball starts, I'm not going to care about everything that happened the last couple of months. I'm just going to be excited. Baseball's back. I think it's going to be a really, really exciting 60-game chase to get to the playoffs. I think a large majority of teams have a chance to be in it. Um, you know, reading today that there is going to be a trade deadline, that's going to be super exciting. Um, we'll see if teams are reluctant based on, you know, how this virus is going, what's going to happen in terms of, of making trades. I have a feeling that not too many trades will happen. Uh, but, yeah, Raj brought up a good point. Uh, the virus is still here, and that is going to be a huge factor in what the response for Major League Baseball is going to be once once there's some positive tests, because that will happen. Uh, you know, I guarantee that will happen, and what is going to be the protocols, and how is it, how is it, how is it going to affect the game? Are there going to be players that are going to have to be out a couple weeks, and it, it could be really devastating for a lot of teams. So uh, I'm excited. I'm optimistic. But – you know, in the back of my mind, I know there's still some uh, things that could uh, trip up this season. So uh, we'll see how it goes moving forward. Anything could happen, ladies and gentlemen. I am concerned about the COVID part of it, but I tend to kind of side with what some of you guys were saying about they're in great shape. 
there's a lot of people who can beat this off who, if they're very healthy and they're younger, those are the prime candidates to survive. So maybe it won't be as big a deal as we think it is. I don't want to assume anything. What I am concerned about, though, is who plays and who doesn't. Is it more likely that rookies are going to play for sure because they need the time and they have no choice, or just people on league minimum contracts who really don't have any bargaining power? They can't sit it out. They need the money. They need the paycheck. Is a guy like Mike Trout saying, hey, I'm already on a huge contract. I'll just pick it up in 2021. Or would a guy like that want to gain 66 games or 60 games of playing time to add to his career stats because he's thinking about his legacy? Uh, how do you view all of that? Roger. I look at it as this is going to be a season with a bunch of hyphens and asterisks on it or not, not hyphens, but asterisks on it. So you have to consider that baseball historians and stat guys have always been very by the book. Every single time by the book, you look at the home run chase of Roger Maris in 1961 Comparatively speaking to what they do with Beirut, like, no, nope, no, nope, no, nope. it was 162. <laughs> so this season is literally not going to count. It's not <laughs> going to count. I don't think in the sense of what we traditionally would view. So, for example, a guy, I mean, if Max Scherzer, hypothetically speaking, goes 12 and 0, has an ERA under two, and has ridiculous numbers, is that, I mean, is that going to, it's only going to be remembered with an asterisk. That's it. It's, it, it there's no, even whoever wins a World Series this year is going to well, – because if you think about it, 2001 Seattle Mariners had a great record, got off to a great start, and their, their, their record after 60 games was probably ridiculous. I don't have it on top of my head right now, but a team like Seattle, who always does a first half and then fades off in the second half, it's, it's not going to be – they're not going to be viewed with the same kind of respect as the 27 Yankees or – you know, any other team in the last couple of years, it's just going to, and that's where, unfortunately for fans, like, let's say you're a Seattle Mariners fan. I use I'm, I'm picking on the Mariners because first and foremost, the Ken Griffey Jr. Documentary was great. And the Dorktown stuff by sports nation has been, or um, SB nation has been really good, but you're a Mariners fan. You get to the postseason, you win the world series. That's great. That's awesome. But does it count? Everyone else is be like, ooh, ooh, 60 games. Yeah, but who cares, though? If it happens, yeah, nobody... if you experience the memory, who cares? That's true, but people are dicks. I mean, I'm sorry, <laughs> but people are like, no, seriously, no. like people like, you know, I, Chris, like, for example, like, I know Pearl, uh, there's a lot of people who hate Pearl Jam out there, like, Vitology sucks, and like, you know, and, and getting into like, Pearl Jam all sounds the same. It's like Dave Matthews, man, like all that crap, which I totally disagree with. My point is, People, fans, fans of the Seattle, not going to care, but everybody else is going to give them shit every time. And that unfortunate, that's an unfortunate thing about this is that guys like Mike Trout, guys who, who just do, do put up great stats, it's going to be you with an asterisk. It'll be really sad if a team like the Cleveland Indians end up winning it. It's like it's just their first championship since uh, you know what, the early the early forties, forty eight since nineteen forty eight. Yeah, nineteen forty eight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they went in 54, lost, of course, the famous uh, catch by Willie Mays and such. But, Mr. Brown, how do you feel? Do you think that these veteran 10-year guys are going to use that as bargaining power or leverage and just say, you know what, I can skip out this little brief run and I'll come back fresh in 2021? Uh, well, by the way, the Mariners were 47 and 13. I just looked it up. Oh! oh. So so the Mariners, um, thank you. I, I think, for the most part, I think the 
players who we're going to see skip are going to be the very small minority of players who are like immunocompromised or have asthma or something like really bad asthma. So like I think Carlos Carrasco has had leukemia. I don't know if uh, he'll want to play. Uh, even still, he might. Um, but I think beyond that, the players we might see skip out are probably veterans who aren't 100% healthy. I think we've already seen, you know, early in the season, we saw Chris Sale and Noah Syndergaard or whatever, I think go get Tommy John surgery because mm. they figured the season was kind of lost anyway. So if there's somebody out there who's nursing like a quad injury or, a, you know, lat or something like that, just going, yeah, you know what, or kind of just taking their rehab super slow. The one thing, I still don't know all the details. We heard a thousand different proposals for details about what the divisions are going to be and service time and stuff like that. So yeah, there may be rookies who want to play, but if a team plays a rookie five games and that gives them a full year of service time, I don't think they're going to want to do that. So I think there may be a lot of rookies being held out, but I don't know exactly how that's going to work. So we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, we're behind the eight ball on that one for sure. Deary, what about divisions? What about ballpark factors? I mean, Roger was talking before we started the show about a possible Nashville site. Uh, there's a lot of rumors flowing around. The only thing we know is baseball will be back, Deary, but we don't really know anything else at this time on a Tuesday night. Yeah, they haven't gotten to the particulars in terms of schedule, if there's going to be any type of division shakeup. Uh, you know, I'm really interested to know. I, I don't see any type of, like, interleague going on, but are you, are you going to mix up the leagues? That's something that I'm really, really interested in to see what they're going to do, but that's kind of the part of this whole uh, update that we haven't heard yet. So mm -hmm. in terms of guys sitting out, you know, I think Mr. Brown – uh, had a great, uh, you know, point when it comes to, you know, aging veterans that, you know, could have some nagging injuries, guys that could be rehabbing stuff. I'm really interested to see how in shape everybody's stayed over over this time. Uh, you know, a guy like Miguel Cabrera looked fantastic in spring training, looked like he was, you know, 25, 26 years old. Has he kept that weight off? Has he still been training? Uh, you know, did some <laughs> of these guys just give up and, uh, you know, go three straight days of pizza and not uh, – not working out as much anymore so that that'll be really interesting to find out i'm i'm super excited to see what happens when spring training comes around just to see what players look like and and see if they've been doing any type of in in home workouts or you know been hitting the cages so certainly going to be an unprecedented season uh you know back to roger's point when it comes down to you know the asterisks in the in the baseball lore of books uh yeah, that's going to happen. There's the baseball purists that are just going to say, yeah, that, that uh, championship didn't count. So uh, I'm hoping that it – I'm actually hoping that it ends up being a team that, like, you did not expect at all because then it'll be really funny to talk about years from now when you look back and be like, oh, man, the Colorado Rockies won the World Series in 2020? You know, how, how did that end up happening? Uh, you know, they went, like, 35 and 25 and just went on a really nice run in the playoffs. So, uh so we'll, we'll see how that shakes out moving forward. But, yeah, I, I want to know what's going on with the schedule and the divisions. I, I, I think we'll get a bigger update within the next few days, uh, you know, kind of shaking out more of the kind of particulars when it comes to, uh, you know, the things we're talking about. It may interject, too, with Toronto being – the border being closed. For, I think you could possibly see baseball in Buffalo. I mean, that's where the AAA affiliate is. It makes sense. It's close by. So with the – I believe it's the Bisons – I think that's their nickname. The Bisons are not playing this year, so could you see Blue Jay games out there? Because it regionally would make sense. You have you have it right there with New York, Baltimore, right? Or even right there for that matter. If you decide to stay within New York with the Yankees and Mets and whatever they decide to do, so that is also something to consider. That the Blue Jays, 
the, the prime minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau, might just say, hey, look, no, it's cool. I mean, there's a provision said about uh, sports being a little different, but who knows? That, that, could, that could change, too. Absolutely true, Mr. Castillo. I completely agree. I'm concerned about certain players who will benefit, like Mr. Brown said. Hey, you know, I'll just come back next season. I'll, I'll uh, kind of nag this. I'll, I'll drag out this injury, this frustrating uh, knee or elbow or whatever's going on. So we're going to have to look out for that. And I still believe there will be surprises about who sits out and who doesn't. And as we rotate into our fantasy portion of the show, this is the big question. Gentlemen, imagine all three of you are commissioners of a league. You run the show for your team and for your league. People depend on you to make decisions because Lord knows, the fictitious Lord knows that, you know, 12 people can't make a majority decision without someone else complaining. No one's ever satisfied. So that's why I believe in the arbiter of the commissioner power. So, Mr. Brown, you are the commissioner and players sit out. Random players sit out. We don't even know. Uh, Adam Eaton decides to sit out. Mitch Hanniger says, I'll come back next year. Would you allow refunds would you say let's just play for free or would you still say hey we're gonna play the way we expected to play this fantasy season in march what would you do i, I tend to be a i am a fantasy commissioner although i'm not a huge like fantasy buff but uh, I, I tend to be more democratic about it so i'd probably put it up to a vote and see what people want wow. i think i thought i thought about how we might even work our schedule in our league because we're looking at basically a nine-week season i think uh, there's talk was it 60 games in 66 days. Yeah, that's definitely like that. seems to be the case still. So, so in my, we have 16 teams in my, uh, in my keeper league for uh, four divisions of four. So I would probably just have everybody play their division mates twice and then have three weeks of playoffs. Um, but yeah, beyond dealing with the actual players, I know we've kind of just always been like, Hey man, that's a tough break. Like we've had people, you know, building up their future on, on Giordano Ventura or something like that. And then, you know, they die oh, and no. tragically, but you're just like, yeah, you know, I can't help you there guy. I mean, that's, that's just uh, the way it goes. So if Oscar Tavares. Yeah. Oscar Tavares. If he was uh, my friend, he was going to be the cornerstone of my friend's uh, offense. And then he's gone way too soon. Yep. So that's, yeah, I, I just gotta, you gotta treat it like retired players almost and just like, Hey, you know, go, go find somebody new. Um, the question for us would be then how do you deal with like, Hey, I want to keep them for next year. Is there, I, I'd have to rejigger the, the rosters, but uh, yeah, there's going to be a lot of, I, I still don't even know, like is Yahoo, we use Yahoo and it's a free service. I'm like, are they even going to bother supporting this year? You know, they're not, they don't get money out of it. So hmm. you have to wait and see on that. That's a good point too. Yeah. What about you, dear? You are a commissioner. You run a league. You run the Knights fantasy league. Are you, yeah, we're, not to- do- we're, we're not doing it this year. Oh, that's just, it's canceled. Yeah, well, I mean, and so I'm in so many other leagues, and if we were to do it, um, we weren't going to do it for, like, very much money, if, if any money at all. Um, I think I'm more wrapped up in my other leagues. You know, the league I've been in for 20 years, along with Chris, you know, his, his, you know, his, his team is 16 teams. Our, te- our league is 16 teams as well, and uh, we kind of had the three mainstays of the league kind of put out a vote and come up with some ideas of what we're going to do it do. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to go four divisions, four, and you're just going to play your division. Uh, normally six out of the 16 teams make the playoffs. We're going to expand it to eight. What we're looking to try to figure out if, if there was a way to somehow count like, like playoff stats in terms of the teams that make the playoffs. So we're thinking maybe if we can do 
a season and then almost like a second season where we redraft uh, players that have made the playoffs. Um, cool. We're wondering if that would be a thing. Uh, normally we pay, play for about 150 bucks. We're getting it down to just 50 bucks this year. Um, and then my keeper league, uh, a couple guys chimed in because there was a ton of trades in the off season. Uh, some guys want to take back on their trades. And I said, no take backs, man. You can't do that. And they're like, oh, well, I was setting up for this season, 162-game season. I'm like, no, that's bullshit, man. You just realized you made a terrible trade by giving me <laughs> Rizzo for some trash. So uh, that one's still going. So I got those two main leagues, and it's uh, kind of about it. But the, the Knights League that I run, I think we're just going to take a break on, on this year. Uh, but there's also a lot of kind of uh, drama where someone uh, is being asked to be kicked out of the league by somebody else who's got beef with them. So uh, I think I'm just going to avoid, avoid the whole situation altogether and just not run that league this year. That great call. Like some, 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 some great drama, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah oh, that's no, fantasy. These guys, like, these guys are like in their 40s and they have problems with each other. It's hilarious. <laughs> I'm not playing unless you kick him out. <laughs> okay, I get it, but why do I have to make that decision? It's not fair. Nobody should be forced to make a choice like that. It's not right, I tell you. Mr. Castillo, you seem like a very measured person to me. Although I don't know you that well, so I could be making an incredibly huge leap here. If you were the commissioner, if you are a commissioner, players could sit out. It's not fair. People deserve refunds. If people want refunds, I think they are entitled to that. How do you respond to that? I would give them refunds. I am... You're, you are correct in some ways. I'm very measured. I you know, like, For example, case in point, my sister is throwing a birthday party and gives us a week notice. I hate that. If you're going to throw a birthday party, give me two, three weeks. Seriously. Because yeah. I plan, I have, you know, if it wasn't for this planner I have right here, I know it's kind of dark, but I have a planner. I have everything all laid out. Since this whole thing's pandemic has started, it's kind of been a little light, but my phone has a bunch of reminders and stuff I got to do every day. And that is part of my process. As a fantasy commissioner, if I was a fantasy commissioner, I would say screw it. I would go with Chris and just scrap the whole league because it's not fair. And, yeah, you know what? You made a trade because you, you projected it the way that way. No, screw you, dude. No, sorry, man. I mean, I <laughs> and first and foremost, if you're doing trades in December and all that stuff, come on. Really? I mean, <laughs> seriously. I, I, it's like the, I hate when fantasy football people start doing their drafts in July. That is a stupid idea, and it makes no sense to me whatsoever. Just wait. Be patient. I know that in your 30s and your 40s is, you know, the, you know, young vet guy, you know, as you get older, you look, there's less things to look forward to because it's not the same. And, you know, your wife or whomever your significant other is bossing around, you're pissed off about life. But this fantasy sports thing, calm the fuck down. It'll be okay. Don't have to fight about it. It'll just dissolve itself. And you're right. I'm measured because I don't get pissed off about fantasy baseball that much anymore. Those the key word anymore. Right. You learn though. That's the true testament, in my opinion, of a measured person who's grown, learned from the mistake, learned from the past, and then applied that to the future. So kudos to you, Roger. I like to hear that. And by the way, you can find these guys on Twitter, Rogcast, R-O-G-C-A-S-T-81, and Mr. Brown at Chris Brown, standard Chris, C-H-R-I-S, Brown, B-R-O-W-N, 0914, both on Twitter. And, of course, you can check out the podcast at Tigers SRD, at Tigers SRD. Mike, every time you bring up Mr. Brown, I just think of Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, it's happened to me like five times, too. It's so funny you mentioned that. Yeah, Mr. Brown, Mr. Mr. Pink. Brown. Mr. Pink. Mr. Pink. too, I think. Was that? No kidding. I think there's an old Bob Curly song called Mr. Brown. Oh, awesome. 
there's a rap song by Styles of Beyond named Mr. Brown, but, but again, somewhat obscure. Wow, yeah, you have a deep knowledge, sir. Speaking of deep knowledge, I want to get the details from each one of you in our fantasy breakdown segment. We have a 60-game season. We're going to talk fantasy MVP, fantasy Cy Young, fantasy Rolaids Relief Man of the Year, and the fantasy bust. So for fantasy MVP, Mr. Castillo, give us the goods. Who's it going to be? Who's going to be the guy who shines in 60 games? I'm going to say it's going to be Francisco Lenore of the Cleveland Indians because he's coming up on a contract. Coming up, he's got one more season under club control. But I think between him and it could be, it could be Jose Ramirez too because those guys usually stick. But if I'm sticking with a non-Cleveland point of view, it, it, was, it was tough because I almost went with uh, Christian Yelich. But I, I, Lenore, is, he's motivated right now in a short period of time between him or Acuna Jr., you can go with either or, but I, I'm going to go with Lenore because I think he's going to put up some big numbers. All right, Mr. Brown, I know you got something good for me. Well, so yeah, I, I, I think Roger mentioned Yelich. I think that's probably the easy money or the most popular choice for MVP. I went with Trevor Story, which is maybe a little bit off the board, but I was looking, he's one of, he and Yelich are the only two players who have gone uh, 35 homers, 20 steals in each of the last two seasons. Hmm. And with Story, you're, you're talking about playing in Colorado in the dead of the summer, all only in the summer. So you're talking about a guy who could probably do 15-10 pretty easily and probably will hit 300 uh, just because he's playing half his games in Colorado. Theoretically, I don't know. Maybe, they're, maybe they'll play somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. I didn't think about that. They might play in, uh, you know. How can know. we know? We just can't know yet. You're right. Yeah. Um, but that was my thinking there. It was, uh, and, and he's basically like Ronald Acuna, but playing shortstop in the best hitter environment in baseball. So I'll take wow. that. Wow, that's a bold statement. I like it, though. I love when a man stands out on a legend. He says, this is what I believe. I love it. Deary, who you got? Yeah, it's interesting. In a 162-game season, you could probably throw 15 guys out there, and you got a really good shot of one of those guys being the man to win fantasy MVP. Uh, so I got a whole list of guys here. You know, uh, I love the Trevor Story pick that Chris had. Uh, you know, I, He's been a keeper on one of my teams for about three, four years. Uh, you know, you add the power, average, and steals. Uh, you know, all these guys are going to strike out, so that's not going to matter. Uh, you know, obviously, you could go with the Bellinger or Betts, but how about a guy a little off the board like a Juan Moncada? He's 25 years old. You know, if he can cut down on the Ks a little bit, he's in a big, huge lineup where I think he's going to produce a lot off to a really hot start last year. Um, and I was going through with some of his numbers on Fangraphs. If this guy can get ahead in the count, he's deadly. Uh, you know, in two O counts, he batted 375, 374 to one O counts. And in two one counts, batted 361. So I think he's a guy who could come out of nowhere and end up being that guy. But I would think the safest pick really might be Jose Ramirez. Jose Ramirez had such a terrible first half of the year. And then that second half through 43 games before he had the broken hammock bone, batted 327, 16 home runs at just an excellent June and September with a OPS over 1,000. So I think Jose Ramirez or Juan Moncada might be the guy. I think out of that AL Central, I, I think one of those two guys could be your fantasy. Wow, I love it. You know what I was thinking about when you were talking about the Rockies and Coors Field, Mr. Brown, was the Camden Yards effect in the summer. Because Camden Yards in the summertime is one of the best places to hit. And I feel bad for Trey Mancini. If Trey Mancini would have been able to play this season – 
in a 60-game season, I really believe he would have as good a chance as anybody to win an MVP because who knows what he would have done. And I, I really feel bad for the guy. I hope he's uh, getting healthy now from his cancer remission. So best of luck to Mr. Mancini. But I do wonder what could have been. I, if I can chip in real quick, I, I had yeah. a second choice who plays not that far from Baltimore, plays in D.C., uh, Trey Turner. And again, like maybe I'm just maybe I'm just a sucker for shortstops here. But I was looking last year. I, I just looked look what he did from July 25th on, just like it's supposed to be this year. And he played exactly 60 games and hit 309 with let's see, what did he have? 11 home runs and 14 steals. So over that time, only Acuna had more home runs and steals, but Acuna hit 256. So maybe Trey Turner, and that's a guy you might be able to get. What I don't know, tenth, eighth, something like that. Mm-hmm. So. Really, it's going to be: Do you hit the lotto in the fourth, fifth round, and end up getting the the number one, you know, fantasy guy at the end of the year? That's what's going to make it really exciting. And also, like, when do you let go of a guy? Maybe you, you know, draft a guy. You know, let's say say a Mookie Betts. You draft him in the first round. He's just terrible. Just can't seem to figure it out. Or maybe somebody, you know, goes through a nagging injury. Like, when do you let go of the, some of these guys in a in a short season that that might be a redraft league? I was thinking maybe Nico Goodrub will be MVP. Who knows? Stranger things have happened. It'd be it'd be, it'd be a a good story for a really nice guy. <laughs> yeah, I think we could all agree though. It's going to be a luck fiesta, no doubt this season. <laughs> luck galore luck all over the place and people hate luck luck is one of the things that pissed me off the most about fantasy football and that's why i quit it because i thought it was just so more random because it's one day essentially and fantasy baseballs was one of the reasons i loved it so much more because it's every day and it's a long season and you start minimizing the luck but now we're back to like a fantasy football type season how about a fantasy Cy young award winner who is the pitcher that we can all depend on this year. The guy who will give us 12 starts, 12 starts maybe, and be a difference maker and a Cy Young winner in a strange season. Mr. Brown, let's start with you. Well, speaking of luck, it seems like one of the biggest things in, in fantasy is getting actual wins from pitchers. If you still have wins in your, in your league. Um, and I was trying to think about who, who has a good shot to get a bunch of wins in 12 starts. And I went with Verlander and I understand it's scary because he's rehabbing an injury and he's old. He's, what, 38 now? Um, 37. Yep. But he is a guy who uh, is stubborn enough to want to go out there and pitch a ton, especially with, with Cole gone. He's going to want to be the, you know, the leader of the, the staff. And he's a guy who's going to get strikeouts. He's probably going to keep the whip way down like he did last year. And with that Houston offense, he's probably going to win a bunch of games. I could see him going 8-1 and one or something like that with a 2-2 ERA. And uh, I, I could see that really being, you know, number one on the board. Oh, all right. I like where your head's at. Mr. Deering? Uh, I think Raj wanted to go with this guy, so I'll, I'll, let, I'll let him talk about Walker Bueller because I think Walker Bueller is amazing. Uh, obviously, Jacob DeGrom could be in this conversation, uh, Shane Bieber, uh, Garrett Cole. I'm going to go way off the board on this one, and a guy who was really, really good and just was decimated by a terrible August and September, and that's Jose Barrios. I'm a big Jose Barrios guy. His, he had a really good first half, had an ERA of three, had 104 uh, strikeouts. What he did really well is he got people out when, when there were guys on base. You know, it was 78.3% in the first half of the season. He just was devastatingly bad in the second half. You know, just couldn't, you know, get that out to get out of the inning. I think his ERA was over six in, in September and October. 
the guy's 26 years old. He's got a devastating slider. He's shown that he can really he, – that he has the stuff to win a bunch of games, strike strike a lot of guys out. It's a Minnesota team that I think is going to win a lot of games. Hmm. Uh, it's a tough division, especially if you're going to play more within your division because I think the White Sox are, are very much improved and the Indians are good. But I like Barrios to be a guy – if you're getting 10-11 starts, he could be that guy that maybe goes 9-2. and two. Uh but I think the guy to go for would be Walker Bueller, and I think uh, I think Roger wanted to talk about Walker. Thanks, and I think with Walker Bueller, his numbers and you talk about with wins, but it, it, really you break it down by numbers. This is a guy last year, fourteen four, who you got you got your, your wins. He had a really good little whip. He got the strikeouts, two hundred fifteen over eight hundred eighty or eight hundred eighty two innings pitched. And the Dodgers, offensively speaking, look a little better with Mookie Betts out there. So the likely the likelihood of them staying in games, giving you that kind of fantasy contribution is, is key. And for Bueller, he's just going to get better. And he, you know, he's just he's, what, he's only 25 years old. And so I think he's not even entering the prime of his career. And coming off the season he had last year, he's a prime candidate, I think, if he was going right now, if this season was going on in the way of plan, he would pitch over 200 innings. It would be just a stud right now. But I, I'll, I'll give it to him with a short benefit of the season. This might actually help him too, hmm. um, stay healthy because these guys usually put 200. Like as you're building your career, a young career, 150, then you go 180, and then you go build up to eventual 200 plateau. But it might set him back that way. But I still think he's going to dominate a short period of time. I think he's a guy who might go undefeated. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the Dodgers are going to win a ton of games. I, I love Bueller. Uh, I was looking deeper into some of his stats. I was surprised. Like, he only had 37 walks last year, and a third of those walks come in the first time through the order. So he actually gets stronger second and third time through the order, which is really impressive to see for a young pitcher. So I think he's an absolute stud, and I think he's a top five fantasy pitcher. I love Walker Bueller. I cannot wait to see what he does this year. I'm totally on the bandwagon for him winning Cy Young. I, I think he is a guy who was the difference maker on the staff now completely, and he will hopefully get 12 starts and maybe go 12 and 0. That'd be wild to see that at least eight, nine, 10 and 0. If you're uh, still playing in a league that has wins and that matters. And anybody else with uh, any other people? I mean, you could go Luis Castillo. Uh, what about Mike Soroka? Is that crazy talk? I mean, there's got to be an importance place for each one of you on guys who are at the top of the rotation who are guaranteed to get the most starts. Right. Yeah. I mean, Matt Boyd for Detroit could give some heavy consideration because, you know, I was listening to a podcast he was on. He was talking about what he's been doing in the offseason. He's a guy who believes in advanced data using Rapsudo data. He's he's been up in Seattle where where that is. And so he could come in and Matt Boyd could just be the Tigers could be, in terms of offensively speaking, may not produce another two war player or not power numbers, but Boyd could get out there. And if you're not looking at wins, well, there, I mean, seven innings of just, you know, 10 Ks or 11, that kind of consistency. Doesn't matter for Jacob DeGrom. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So, for that that being said, I think Matt Boyd would be a good choice, too, to be your ace. And even with the trade deadline, too, he might be, he might be gone. So, who knows what the, what baseball or the Tigers are going to do with that. But I think Matt Boyd would be a good, another solid choice as well. I think you got to find someone who's going to be the most consistent guy because one or two blow-ups and you're out of that race. Uh, so that's why like Jacob deGrom is such a safe pick because I mean, he had that streak last year of, of going seven innings and, you know, less than three runs. I, I think he went like 20 some odd straight starts, which was amazing. 
Uh, but yeah, Matt Boyd's another one. I mean, he had that amazing first half last year and sure the Tigers might not win a ton of games, but uh, you know, you could end up seeing a guy that goes three and one, <laughs> three and two, but it uh, could have an amazing, you know, whip and, and ERA that could put you in contention. I had considered a bunch of different guys, including Barrios, because I thought, all right, well, that's an awesome offense. And they added Josh Donaldson. But I also thought like Lucas Giolito, Max Scherzer. But honestly, if I were betting, I might, like if it was just splitting it into starters and relievers, I might take a reliever. Just because there's probably going to be somebody out there who gets like 10 saves and four wins with an ERA under one and ends up being the number one fantasy pitcher in, in a 60-game season. I just couldn't tell you who the hell it's going to be. I have some guesses for our next category, but that's the best I can do there. That's a great call. You're right. That is definitely a wild-card situation right now. We're going to take it back to <clears throat> 1984, you know, Guillermo Hernandez or Dennis Eckersley, 1990. You know, these are opportunities that await relievers. And I think that there's just so few guys who are the stud relievers in terms of the closer. There's a lot of great relievers all over baseball. But I wonder, Deary, who's the guy that you think could stand out and maybe even be a Cy Young candidate and be the best Rollades relief man of 2020? God, it's, it's so tough because, like you said, I mean, I think a lot of bullpens are going to be by committee. So, like, you know, you, I think the Yankees are going to win a ton of games, so I could probably go with an Aroldis Chapman, but they have three or four other guys in, in that bullpen that could snatch up saves. So you got to look for a guy who's going to pitch probably the most innings out of relief and may have some of the best numbers. So I'm looking at a, a Josh Hader, a Corey Knabel. Uh, you know, can Edwin Diaz figure it out? He was so bad last year with 3.41 walk rate compared to 2018 with the Mariners where it was 2.09. Can that guy figure it out in New York? Uh, but someone who could be really intriguing in this spot is a guy like Nick Anderson from Tampa. The guy coming in in the fifth, sixth inning of some of these games, he, he's able to pitch two or three innings. 47% K rate. He could be a guy that comes in and, you know, let's say pitches 30 innings and maybe only gives up a couple runs and it could be him. So this is something that could be really off the board in terms of who your, your best fantasy reliever could be. I think if you're drafting, you really got to have to think outside of the box and maybe think of some of those setup guys, you know, even if you don't play in a league with holds. Uh, I know a lot of uh, leagues were talking about adding holds. Uh, we're going to do it in one of my main leagues. We're going to add holds just for this season because it's going to be so volatile of, of different guys coming in there. So we're going to add holds. So a guy like a Ryan Presley is another guy who I could see being kind of that fantasy stud in that setup. Hmm. Ryan Presley. Very fascinating dude. And by the way, you know, I was just thinking about the Cy Young in general. Uh, guys like uh, Sonny Gray had a really good second half last year, had a great season overall. Guys who will get a lot of innings and are near the top of the rotation will matter. Even a Clayton Kershaw, to me, gets a bump in this type of season because he can give you six, seven innings guaranteed, and that will be more of a, uh, a valuable currency in the league. It'll be, you know, it'll be more scarce. But you know, as far as relievers, Roger, who's the guy? Or is there a couple of guys that you like in the mix? Because there's so few guys that are the studs. Yeah, and – and sometimes I, I have to sometimes this shows out a lot of me the opportunity to look at other teams because I'm so tiger focused, but there is, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned, Chris mentioned brand, uh, Brad hand is in one, uh, of course, Chapman, but yeah, the Nick Anderson would be a really good one. Brandon workman as well, but you kind of run the risk that maybe he might not get or in terms of saves with Josh Hader there as well, but he would be a, he would be a good one. 
Um, Liam Hendricks out in Oakland, that crazy, crazy slider. That's a good, that's a good one to have too. Uh, if you stick it on the West coast, Kirby Yates as well. Um, those are in terms of like a, from a sleeper standpoint too, you know, look at Buck Farmer. I mean, if we're going to stick the trip for a second, Buck Farmer might be a guy that might step in the closer rule if Jimenez struggles. I mean, the guy put up really good numbers last year. His his K rate got better. His people swing out of the zone rate got better. The, his pitches out of zone, I should say. I don't have the exact numbers on me, but he Buck Farmer was a guy who was a solid reliever, and he might get the opportunity to close provided if Jimenez can't mentally. I think Jimenez has the stuff, but just mentally it takes a certain kind of mentality. But Buck Farmer would be a sleeper guy that may appear in the quote-unquote second half of a 60-game schedule to pick up and just kind of leave there. That'd be pretty wild if old Buck came alive. That would blow my mind. One of the biggest things that would blow my mind in the season is that actually happens. What about you, Mr. Brown? Who you got? Who you got? I do. I agree with basically everything you said about you, you want a reliever who's going to throw a lot of innings. And to me, that's Josh Hader, who's just going to go out there and strike out a billion guys and throw you three innings uh, every other day. Uh, then my second choice was Nick Anderson because he was so good with Tampa after they acquired him last year. I think he was 42 strikeouts in one walk or two walks. One of them was intentional. Um, <laughs> and they, and Tampa traded Emilio Pagan, who I think was their primary closer last year or got the bulk of the save last year. So mm-hmm. I think that the closer job was probably open for him, but they may want to use him more as, as, you know, early more, uh, whatever you call high, high pressure innings in like the sixth or seventh, but, I'll throw out a third name, and this is kind of completely sleeper off the board. Brian Abreu of the Astros, who is super young but has absolutely nasty stuff. He came up for like eight innings last year and struck out, I think, 13, 14 guys with uh, maybe four hits and one one earned run. And, you know, there might not be room for him, but uh, I can see him by by game 30 closing down games for the Astros. Um, or he might be uh, on a taxi squad. I can't really say. But <laughs> yeah, like I said, it's a sleeper there. And, and his stuff really is nasty. Mid-90s fastball, nasty slider, good curveball. He's, uh, yeah, he's somebody to know, at least uh, going forward, I think. That's a wide berth there. Yeah, that'll be curious to see how that goes. I think Kenley Jansen did some work with driveline in the offseason. And in the spring training, he was amazing. He had like 11 Ks to one walk in the brief spring training we had in March. So I'm, I'd be very curious about him. And also Taylor Rogers of Minnesota. A guy who can go two innings. He's great versus righties and lefties. Really low walk rate. I like that in the closer. So I like both those guys too. And Jansen, I mean, I feel bad. I felt, I've always felt bad for him because Chris and I have talked about this before, how much the Dodgers have put him through the meat grinder in the playoffs and everything. To have that kind of renewedness to analytics will help him out because I think that will help his longevity of his career. I think he was throwing harder this spring too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's, yeah a key- that's, that's a good pick. Yeah, yeah, velocity increased like two or three miles per hour, which is huge for a guy at, for, for his workload that he's done. So that's, that's impressive. As long as it's still cutting. That's Boy. right. Got to have that cut. Okay. So it could be anybody's ball game. All these categories are crazy. Luck is ruling the day. There's nothing we can do about it. But we're trying to give you guys some guidance the best we can, okay? And the data can help us a little bit. But in the end, we are just <laughs> – we're stuck with this unparalleled season we're about to embark on. So that leads us to bus. Some, anybody could bust in this season, and it wouldn't be fair to them necessarily. As Roger was talking about earlier in the show, 
with the, you know, this being an asterisk in a crazy season that shouldn't even count and all that stuff. Having said that, there are people that you're still expect to perform. And in 60 games, someone could just really let you down. They could have a Jose Ramirez first half and so on and so forth. Roger, is there a couple guys or a guy or two? Who do you think is going to let you down in 60 games this season? That's a t- <laughs> That's such a tough call. And I, I, I wrestled with it a little bit because, like I said, just trying to get into the, the, the thinking 60 games, 60 games. Who's, who struggles in the first half of the season, traditionally yeah. speaking? And in terms of, like, just – I was thinking about, like, catchers, too, because there's some catchers who are – that make, make or break themselves really early on. Um, but a guy – I you know, a, I hate to say this. I'm not sure if anybody's really still well with him, but, like, uh, Javier Molina – I think it's going to be a bust if you're still using him. Um, even like maybe just Mitch Garver too. Mitch Garver is a guy who heated up later on. Later on, um, I mean, he did really well, 31 home runs in 93 games, which is you'd say to yourself that how is he going to be a sleeper? But that, that's a hard thing to follow up. You always have to. It's always the second year where you're kind of like, okay, what's your sophomore efforts going to be? In terms of even for like a from an outfielder standpoint of view, or, or I think Matt Chapman's going to be like a guy that might struggle out of the gate a little bit. Ooh. Um, maybe that just, that, that's just kind of like a, that's a shot in the dark on that one. But um, anybody who, in terms of like, uh, um, he's uh, Jesus Aguilar from the Marlins too. I don't know. I still think he's, I mean, he he's declined, has continued a little bit, but if anybody still has him, um, I think he's going to be a bust too. Yeah, he became a real mystery. Had one incredible season in Milwaukee. I mean, like a it was a truly all-star-esque performance. And he was an all-star. It was incredible. 30 home runs, 100-plus ribbies. Crazy. Mr. Brown, who's going to blow it this season? I know it's not fair necessarily, but we got to pick somebody. Can you give me someone? Yeah, I got two names, and it may seem like I'm picking on the Dodgers. Uh, <laughs> but I- I've got Mookie Betts and Clayton Kershaw. Now, this is all – this is relative. Wow. This is relative. So I'm not saying these guys are going to be disaster, but I don't know if they're going to give you the value you need. Now, it, it's entirely possible they can. Obviously, this is just pulling stuff out of my butt. But <laughs> Mookie Betts, uh, he's going to, you know, he's got power. He's got speed. So th- those are going to be there. But he is a career, like, 319 hitter at Fenway and 385 on the road. I don't know if that's just because he's playing at home or if because he's banging it off the, the monster. But I could see his average dipping a little bit this year, and I think that's going to be pretty important fantasy this year batting average because there are going to be some guys who are just randomly hitting 360 after 40 games and if he's not you know if he's under 300 he might be stuck with a big cluster of guys who have eight homers and eight steals and, and be like 30th in fantasy instead of top five i could see it happening i could also see him in a contract year going absolutely ham and having like 2020 season after that's how crazy it is yeah right um and with kershaw i just think the dodgers are so damn good and so deep that uh, and he's a guy who has he's only done 30 starts in a season once in the last six years mm-hmm. obviously that doesn't matter in a short year but that's a lot of like small nagging injuries and if he catches one i could see him easily being one of the guys i was talking about earlier who not necessarily sits out but doesn't come back for the final until the final two weeks of the season and gets geared up for the playoffs but that's just a guy that, like i think the injury risk is high if he's out there healthy i think he'll be just fine but i think the injury risk makes him a, a plus to me. You're right. I could see him being a difference maker because he could get more innings, but if there's a back problem or something, you're right. That could be devastating to Kershaw's value. And when you talk bust, you're right. You're talking about ADP and what you're getting in return. 
And, and I, I want to say also, we didn't bring it up earlier. I think we're going to see a lot of injuries. Uh, you know, this is hmm. like we were talking earlier. Hopefully a lot of these guys stayed in shape, but you know, some of them went like full Damon Wayans and great white hype. And uh, <laughs> that's and, a great and, reference. And so the, and to come back, they got three weeks of spring training, like three weeks to come back and get in shape. And, and that's when we see most arm injuries is March and April. So I see a couple more of those coming. So it's going to be a wild west. It's a great point. There's going to be triage in July because it'll be the new March and we will have people that will fall. No doubt about it. What about you, dearie? Who's the bust? Are there busts out there? Or yeah. I hate projecting who's going to be terrible. Um, who's going to let you down? Who's going to let you down? I want everybody to do well. I, uh, you know, I don't have too many enemies out there in Major League Baseball, but uh, you know, I have a few names out there. You know, when you when you look at pitchers, you know, any guys with any type of you know injury history, uh, you know, could could definitely affect you know a fantasy season this year. And, you know, I, I look at two older guys who've just been absolute studs the last 10 years, and, and Verlander and Scherzer are both kind of the older guys when you look at those top 20. Look at the top 20 fantasy starting pitchers. Almost all those guys are in their 20s. Hmm. And Verlander's 37 now. Scherzer's 35. Scherzer had, had a little bit of a hiccup last year with some injury. Verlander has not really been injured the last four years. He's put a ton of innings on that arm. But is this the year where it kind of starts to fall apart? I don't think so with Verlander because he's just been such a stud. Um, but those are kind of the guys that you'd be looking at when it comes to, you know, fantasy impact and, and possible injury. Um, you know, two other guys that I look at who just have not been healthy the last two years. One is Aaron Judge. I mean, his swing is so damn volatile that he's always going to fuck up something in his side because he swings so hard. So, and, you know, rehabbing an injury like that can be really devastating. So look at some of those free swingers that are swinging really hard and could be pulling muscles on the inside there. That's, that's a really devastating injury that you get that to happen early in the season. You could be done for the season because it's so short. Another guy who I just haven't been high on in, in the last four years, and mainly because he hasn't played over 110 games since 2016, and that's Carlos Correa. This guy was supposed to be an absolute superstar, and, you know, 2015, 2016, he put up really good years where he was stealing bases, hitting home runs, batting around 270, 280, and then he just hasn't been able to stay healthy the last three years. Uh, so I'm wondering if he's finally kind of gotten over those those injury issues and if he's going to be able to play a full season. Uh, but it's going to be such an interesting year because there are going to be fantasy busts, and, it, and some of it just could be kind of load management where there could be guys that just have nagging injuries and – you know, you're going for a championship in a short season and, you know, managers could just be sitting guys down for a couple of days. So it's, it's really hard to predict bus, but I, I, I think guys with injury issues or guys that are a little older are guys that you might want to avoid. We are in unknown territory. And as we continue forward here, there are so many people that could go up, down, left. I mean, they could explode. They could just throw in the towel for the season. So we're still gathering the details as well. And when you listen to this podcast, you'll probably know more about the season than we do right now. Uh, it looks like from what I'm reading as well, we're going to have 40 divisional games and 20 interleague games with the two divi you know, divisions regionally playing each other, like AL East, NL East, all that stuff. So... That's going to be very interesting. If they're playing in home ballparks, that helps us define what's happening. But we're trying to give you the best information we can as everything unfolds. 
Don't forget, this is the Hey, it's Rico Palazzo Baseball Podcast. Two L's, two Z's. Palazzo Podcast at ProtonMail.com. And on Twitter, Palazzo Podcast. Two L's, two Z's. And you can find Rodcast and Chris Brown on Twitter. Rodcast81. And Chris Brown0914. That concludes part one. To finish the conversation, please go to episode 24, part two. Thank you, and have a good day. Yes, I'll find the man to find a once and only one. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.